episode 11. Don't it feel like heaven? Oh, Lord. It feels like it's been a long damn time. That's what it feels like. Oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. It's been, wait, there's been a lot of news to cover. There's been, there's been a, a lot, lot of news, news to cover. I feel like this is my first time recording. Oh, wow. You, you've it's re, just been you're re, so long. You're re-virginized. I'm repopping the cherry. Yes. Repopping the, the the podcast cherry today. I just it feels like our first episode. Oh man. He <laughs> don't even care. <laughs> I I do not feel that way. I do not feel that way at all. But yeah, so much has happened since our last episode, guys, and we're about to get into it all. Yes. And we bring back Hyper Goodnight. And then from there, we'll get into some of the social things that have been happening. We're just going to put this full in, this full entire episode under one theme. It is under the theme of race, culture, and a little bit of privilege. Uh, well, a lot of bit of privilege. <laughs> Ain't, no uh, Ain't no little. All right, let's start uh, Hyper Good Night with the first subject, which is, are you hype? Or are you good night with a story that was originally released from 2015 that has now resurfaced again based on what the Trump administration is doing with affirmative action? Uh, hyper good night to VJ Jojo's comments, who VJ Jojo, by the way, is Mindy from the Mindy Project. That is her brother. He actually uh, is against affirmative action for a bunch of reasons, including the fact that he doesn't think it actually helps minorities. And he would like to eradicate it altogether. Not that he doesn't see any value in it at all, but he doesn't think it actually uh, helps minorities the way that he thinks that it should. So he went out of his way to, I don't know, act as if he was a black person when he was submitting his applications to college and got in as a black male. This is for med school that he was applying to. He saw that a lot of his friends with very high scores, uh, when they actually put their their actual nationality down, um, they were not getting accepted into these medical schools. And so he had this crazy idea to change his own race when applying and marking yeah. black to see if he would actually get in. And this is all based off of, uh, didn't he do a lot of studies on statistics and everything like that in his undergrad? Yeah. And that's why he came to this conclusion? So the hyper good night here is, are you aligned with his stance on affirmative action? Um, Hyper good night. And I can start this. I, I would say this. If he doesn't actually understand the reason why affirmative action exists, I'm saddened for him. Now, he's went on interviews and he spoke about this. So it's not that he doesn't completely understand it. But I think what he's unaware of is who... Uh, and and demographic wise who exactly this actually caters towards because a lot of the people that are using affirmative action aren't actually people of color it is white women Mm. who have actually received a lot of really (laughs) (laughs) yes how how so (laughs) uh think about it statistically uh women still are held back in a lot of ways and only since i want to say the 50s have things started to shift for them and then in the 80s another shift took place and so women weren't still being accepted at the same rate or pace as men in a lot of ways uh and so a lot of times when these things uh come around and they push affirmative action uh these things actually help women 
just as much as they do anyone else. Really? Yeah. So You would think within his studies he would have realized that. <sighs> but um I'll say this much. I am I am I am absolutely good nighting the whole premise of saying affirmative action is unnessary. Affirmative action was brought to to place to actually give people who are uh, less uh, fortunate an opportunity. And I'm talking about less fortunate in every way. For instance, in colleges, which is this is what this is specifically about, black people weren't even allowed to go to the colleges. You didn't even have an opportunity. So this was opening up the opportunity. There wouldn't even be a such thing as a HBCU if there wasn't things like this that needed to exist. Mm-hmm. So that's true. I have a real hard time with anybody saying, "Oh, that's not right." And then even worse to me is somebody that doesn't understand history enough to know that why there are so many white people that are in a position of power when you only get to go to certain schools if your father or somebody that's close to you knew of it. And how was one of our parents supposed to have gotten that when they never even gotten the opportunity? So I think that's. I think that's sad that he doesn't understand that. And it, it's even sadder that he had to try to portray himself as a black man to make light of the situation, in my opinion. He's saying he's trying to bring attention to the fact that affirmative action shouldn't exist. But him dressing up as a black man, trying to take on the role of a black man, to me, is actually sad. Because he only got to experience a little bit of racism as trying to be a black man, based on everything that I've read. But the one thing that I think he he really botched is not only changes the name to jojo which i think if that's your middle name that's fine but you can't look at your middle name and then go oh i, I really just felt like i used jojo because it was something that i felt like would fit in with the community when it's something you blatantly just said you didn't like so the reason why you don't like it is probably because of some westernized sensibilities that someone's taught you and that bothers me in itself um, I think the only other thing I can even say about him that kind of blows my mind is you can't actually prove anything from what he was trying to do when he's saying that he went and applied to all these schools, but he only did it as a black guy. He didn't do it the reverse. It's not like he put his name out there as a brown guy and then a black guy and then there's some hypothesis you can pull from it. He only put his name out there as a black guy. So what are you proving i think that's that it. i think that's a good point um i'm a good night this whole thing right off the bat um the point that you made the last point if you're gonna do any sort of scientific study you can't just do it in one way you have to do both sides so you can compare and contrast so if you're going to use your friends as the other side as in oh they're not getting into these medical schools that i want to get into let me try and pose as this black person to see if it works for me and if it works for me that means that obviously it's because black people are getting a better chance than someone else no because your friends have also they've also gone to different schools they've also had different achievements um different gpas so this guy goes into he gets accepted into some medical school i think in missouri with a 3.1 gpa where the the average person that gets accepted into the school has a 3.7 and he has the nerve to say like oh do you think i deserve to get in with the gpa or do you think they cut me a lot of slack because i applied as an african-american and for him to even go off of that i 
I can't agree with that. I can't agree with that. That you're going to use something that you think should be abolished. And that's the only way that you even got into school, according to you. And then what really gets me is that when he was in school, he dropped out after two and a half years because the third year focused on clinical practice. And that was his weakness. And for me, it's like you literally just used if you if if what you think you did by applying to the school under affirmative action and getting in actually happened, you literally just took someone else's slot and chance at becoming a doctor or getting a degree from the school because you wanted to use some sort of test to see if you can get in Facts. and you couldn't even like finish and get your degree. Facts. So now there's someone else out there who could have gotten this degree in, in place of you posing as a black person. And you already know how I feel about this whole, I'm gonna pose as black for my gain, but then I have some I have something against it when, when it backfires against me. Rachel Dozel, perfect oh, yeah. situation. Yeah, She went true. to my freaking alma mater, Howard University for grad school, and she went as a white person. All of a sudden when she graduated, she became black. All of a sudden, yet she tried to sue my alma mater for for discriminating against her for a, a teacher position that she applied for. So you can't just use these institutions and, and these things that you want to try to do to become a different race and then use it a, a, against or, or, or have it, I guess, go against it, I, I, I should say, when it doesn't work in your favor. Like to me, that's very contradicting. Um, Completely one of the things that VJ had said was that he went to UCLA and his alma mater was considering introducing affirmative action and that's one of the reasons why he wrote the book that he did and did what he did because he was so against it and he claimed that at UCLA there was so much diversity they didn't even need uh, affirmative action I'm from California I've never gone to UCLA but I will say that Anyone who lives in California and knows UCLA, we all joke about it and say UCLA stands for University of Caucasians, Lost and Asians. So, Whoa. and that's a, that's like the running joke, right? But clearly a joke stems from something that's actually factual or something that's actually happening. So for him to even say that it was so diverse, that's very subjective. What, what you think diversity is, is not the same as what someone else thinks it is. And it's not up to you to determine what it should be. Wow. So good night, VJ, JoJo. Look at that. You know what? Already we starting that. We starting that talk today. <laughs> Don't let me good night this whole we thing. We starting that talk today. I will good night the whole thing. All right, next on the <laughs> list. Hyper good night to Colin Kaepernick's current employment situation. And for those of you who don't know who Colin Kaepernick is, he is an NFL quarterback that was playing for the uh, San Francisco 49ers and recently was uh, let go by the San Francisco 49ers uh, at the end of last year. So, what are your thoughts, Avia? Uh, I can say that I don't know much about the logistics of, of business handlings with football. Um... I will say that I think it's pretty unfortunate that he has been placed in this situation where it's costed teams a lot of money because they don't want to stand for anything. And in the NFL, they try to be so neutral to everything that it it just makes them look bad. As, as, as a corporation, it just makes them look so bad. You have this Ray Rice situation that they were mum about until 
something came out about it and then all of a sudden they had to act like they didn't know anything about it. And then you have Colin Kaepernick and he's not doing anything on the Ray Rice level or any other level of any other NFL player who has beaten their wives or, or done something that's actually illegal. Um, and they're not looking past what he's standing for. They're actually looking at how much they have to lose from employing him. And that's when you know it's all about money. And I think it's pretty unfortunate. It's pretty unfortunate. I, I have to good night it. I, I don't think it's all about money. I don't. I don't think it's all about money at all. But you- it's a. I, I would say from my from my knowledge, and like I said, I don't know much about like how an NFL goes as far as business and and money and and what they stand for. But they because they try to be so neutral on every topic that that could make or break the team. I, I feel like in this stance, they just want to stay out of it. They don't want to have anything to do with him because having anything to do with him says that they stand by what he's doing. That is correct. Which makes makes it seem like they're on a stance. And once you make it seem like you are on a stance, you're going to lose um you're going to lose the favoritism that you have from any um company that I don't know, that sponsors you or you know, just different things like that. Like it, it creates it creates chaos. And I think they know that and because of that they try to be as neutral as possible and that's I think that's pretty unfortunate, but to me I feel like that comes it stems all from money. Like if you don't want to create chaos because you know it's going to affect your pockets, that's the problem. So, I have a I have a little bit of a different take on this and this is going to be like I think only the first time I've done this. I'm going to pull one of your old numbers. I'm going to uh hype night this. <laughs> I thought that, that wasn't allowed. It's, it's really not I thought allowed. that wasn't allowed. I'm hype nighting this. Uh. <laughs> uh, this is twofold. So, uh, hype night is basically me saying I agree and disagree, and when I care and I don't care all at once. So, here's where I, uh, I, I just, I uh, slightly agree with his unemployment. Here's where I slightly agree with him. I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's the truth. He had the opportunity to accept a $14 million contract by just running, moving forward with the contract that he initially signed. And then he gave them, uh, he gave them the opportunity to say, hey, let's take that contract off the books and then you just go find a team. And he was fine with it. That blows my mind because you had already done something that was extremely polarizing Something that was extremely controversial to a lot of people in America. And you could have continued to at least, at minimum, make the salary you are Without having to play? He, he would have just got yeah. paid for that he year? Would, he wouldn't even have had to play and could have still been making that money. And he could have been doing something useful with that $14 million. So, I don't feel bad for him at all there. And that is where I'm like, okay. He, he made his own bed there for that one. Mm-hmm. But... I will go out of my way to say, at the end of the day, the NFL has made a conscious decision, and specifically the owners in the NFL have made a conscious decision to keep him out of a job. I've talked to uh, coaches as well as assistant coaches from a certain team, and after speaking to them, they owned up to the fact that even their owner wasn't willing to give him a shot, but yet all of them liked him as a coach. And that's the same thing that just recently happened in Baltimore when Colin was actually working out with them and etc because of an injury to joe flacco 
and they just need a quarterback to come in for a couple of uh, days, a couple of games. So their owner, and by their, their, I mean the owner of the Baltimore Ravens even came out and just said, may God be with us basically because he doesn't want to have to sign Kaepernick based on all the stuff that they have to deal with Ray Rice and all this other stuff. However, this is different to me. This is bigger. Um, and not to say the domestic uh, violence isn't a huge issue because it is and it needs to be changed. But here's the person trying to stand up to, in my opinion, systematic oppression. Like, this is one of those things where he's telling you, you guys are doing things to hinder us as a whole. And mm-hmm. you continually are doing it, and nobody wants to stand up for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's doing it peacefully. He's not making a mockery of anything. So I just, I have a hard time on the flip side respecting anyone that doesn't at least own the fact that Colin Kaepernick's stance is right. You could be mad at the way he's doing it. You could be mad at the way he looks. You could be mad about all these things, but you can't say that his stance isn't right oh his stance his stance is definitely right i think with the whole money thing as far as him walking away from the money it's kind of reminiscent to me of the whole dave Chappelle thing when he walked away from 50 million dollars where anyone could look at his situation and be like man you're dumb as hell but to this day to this day people feel but it's 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 like when you're trying to but this is why i kind of you know I don't know what I would do in that situation. I would like to think that I would do the right thing, whatever you deem that to be. Some people would say, take the money and use it for a better cause. Some people say, it's like getting blood money. It's like, how are you going to stand up for something and then take the money yeah. from ah. from the thing that you're standing against? And it, it, it becomes a little contradicting in that way. So I think that I can commend him from walking away from that $14 million. Um, I can't. I can't. I, I cannot. I commend him because I don't know if I would have done it. And that's what I'm saying. Uh, because you shouldn't. I understand. But what I'm saying Ladies is... Ladies and gentlemen, if she walks away from $14 million, <laughs> me and Avi, I don't even know well, how we became friends. Well, clearly at this juncture in my shit. life, you're not going to catch me walking away from $14 million anytime soon if anyone offered it to me. But, I mean, also, you know, he's been making money up until this point. So I would assume that he's good if he's been investing it well. What I'm saying is that, yes, $14 million, no matter how rich you are, is a lot. And it can do a lot. But I can understand why he did it. I can understand why he did it. How are you going to have a stance and then collect the money from the very people that you are against because they can't even stand up for you or back you up, you know? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tricky situation. And it's not tricky. Take the $14 million. Thanks. Okay. Like, how is that true? That fourteen million doesn't affect us. What affects what affects us is his stance and and how the NFL is going to choose to handle him as a player. Because, like you told me before, he's still top twenty nine quarterback. Yes, he's a top. So there's no reason for him to not get hired. So at this point, clearly, the reason why he's not getting hired is because of the stance that he's taken. The NFL doesn't like taking stances on shit. Because they feel like it's the safest route to go. Don't say nothing. Act like you know nothing. Just keep it moving. I think the the, the NFL runs itself like a military. And if you're not following, following the rules or the processes that are brought to you via the military, then they're off it. They're off you. Mm. 
you're not good enough in your job. So. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, so the next hyper good night for all the Game of Thrones people out there. As you know, Lawrence and I do not watch Game of Thrones. If you listen to our episode about how we don't binge watch major TV shows. Yeah. Game of Thrones, the Game of Thrones creators are making a HBO show set in a world where the South won the Civil War. And according to Entertainment Weekly, Confederate, the name of the show, chronicles the events leading to the third American Civil War. The series takes place in an alternate timeline where the Southern states have successfully succeeded from the Union, giving rise to a nation in which slavery remains legal and has evolved into a modern institution. Um, hyper good night on that. Before you hyper good night it, I'll say that the research that I've done on the show, uh, they have two black writers on the show. And the HB, yeah, I'm just, probably, I'm putting that out there. No, no, wait, 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 wait. Where are your sources at? Where oh, are these receipts? Oh, multiple sources. I could show Where you. Where are these receipts? I could show you. It's a husband and wife couple that writes for the show. They're writing for the show. The creators are just standing as executive producers. So they're not even writing the show. There are other people writing as well, but there are two black people married that have written for other shows of theirs before that are writing for the show. So, Hyper Good Night. The show that's set to come out in 2018, 2019. Uh, honestly, I'm the same person that doesn't like to watch period pieces that go below the 30s. Because when was America great for us below the 30s? Yeah. Never worry. Never. 30, 35th of never worry. Um, <laughs> so... I would say this much if if not if nothing else i i don't want to i don't want to condemn hbo for trying to do something different because that's what they're trying to do they're trying to make something that nobody else would come out with and and ultimately at the end of the day your job is to create content that is separating yourself from you know your competition Mm -hmm. but get the fuck out of here hbo this is a full-on good night goodbye Throw some seasoning on it and throw that shit in the Ooh, fucking trash. Seasoning. Don't ever in your well, life bring us any of this Confederate BS. I don't want to see that the same way I don't want to see full on revamps and reboots of Roots. Oh my gosh, no. That's already no, happening. You're right about that. Um, A good night. You know what's funny? Um, someone actually brought this whole topic to my attention uh, like a couple weeks ago, and I had no clue about it, honestly. And when he told me about it, I was actually, I wasn't like completely for it, but I was like, interesting. We'll see what happens. Because in my mind, I'm thinking if we're watching a show where slavery is legalized and it's like the way of life, it's not even like something that happened in the past. My optimistic mind was thinking, maybe this will be a show that kind of wakes America up to a certain extent to be able to see this show and see that the the recent events or whatever events that may transpire by the time the show comes out, how similar they are and how much, not that much has changed since slavery was actually here. But in light of recent events, I've, um, I know I've kind of changed my stance on it and I'm kind of at this point where I want to good night it. I just, I don't see the value in it at this point. And it took me 
this weekend actually to be like, you know what, this show would probably do more harm than good because the ignorant people that are in our country, they follow the lead that they see. If it's something that's for what they go for, they take that as, as an okay to do what they want to do. And this show would probably ignite so many people to do things that they've wanted to do that I can see more bad coming out of this than good. And um, I, even though it may be an educational thing or something that we can reflect on, I think it takes a certain amount of intelligence to watch something that would be something like this and actually take away something from it. As opposed to thinking, oh, I saw this off of this show. I think this would be a good idea. This is my country. And getting these ideas and then it becomes something that it shouldn't become. Um, and I think that we can say off of recent events, this would probably be a bad idea. So Good wait, night. then then wait a second. Before we leave that though, are you okay with Amazon creating the the other series that is very much reflective of this just in the reverse way um, regarding black people actually getting reparations yes i'm look look at the end of the day people are going to do whatever they want to do i'm not going to say no to confederate and yes to this amazon show i'm actually going to say i'm not for confederate because of the ignorant people of the world taking from it and doing something crazy from watching the show but i also would not be i also also would not be interested in watching amazon show because I would be so infuriated. Why? You, you have a show where you have what was supposed to happen. That's the alternate reality of this show is what was supposed to happen after the Civil War ended where African-Americans were supposed to get their, they weren't even African-Americans, they were Africans, were supposed to get their reparations and were supposed to get um, some sort of I don't know, consolation package for dealing with slavery, if you want to call it that. And we have not gotten that as of yet. The opportunities that we have have been created and have, and have our, our ancestors have paved the way for the opportunities that we have now. And we have fought and we have had blood, sweat and tears and people have died over the opportunities we have now. So for me to watch a show where I see what should have happened, I would be infuriated because it's not happening to this day. And I would feel like, wow, I wish it was like that, but it's not. And I really don't need to see a show to see what it could be like or what it should have been like. Because in my mind, I'm already imagining that. Like, I don't need to see that. I don't need to watch that. That would not do anything for me, but make me feel bad about the position that our country is in as of now. I'm good. It's a, it's a positive concept, but I'm good on that. Like, I, I just don't need that. What about you? I... I <clears throat> I personally think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing that they have both sides of it. Um, because I would love to know what the the guy who created Boondocks comes up with. Because he's going to be doing a lot of the writing. I feel like it's going to be interesting because of that. Alright. We'll agree or disagree. Hasn't been the first time. Won't be the last. Well. I think one thing that we can agree on is uh, recent events in Charlottesville. The fuckery. That's what I'm gonna call See, it. This is just the fuckery. Before we before we get to Charlottesville, let me touch on something. This is our last piece of hyper good night, and this happens to do with the alternate ending of uh, Get Out. So let me just speak this into existence. 
<laughs> so we all saw Get Out, and if you didn't, spoiler alert, because we didn't do this last time we talked about either a show or a movie. So spoiler alert if you missed. Yeah, stop listening now and wait about five minutes. Right, right. So in the alternate ending of the movie Get Out, instead of, uh, instead of Chris, who is the main character, uh, being picked up by his friend Rod when after he kills a girl, uh, two cops show up and take Chris to jail. Um, Rod, of course, who is his TSA worker friend, TS motherfucking A, comes to see <laughs> comes to see Chris in jail, and Chris just responds to him with, "I'm good. I stopped it." He walks back to his cell in the end of the movie. Ah, um, I think that this is one of those things that I'm super hyped about, and I actually wish they would have kept it in the movie. Oh, you like that 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 initial ending? Yeah, the first one, and the reason why they took it out is because a lot of uh, people that they audiences. did it with the test audiences did not like it. They did not like it ending on that. They didn't want to pay for a movie that was just going to reinforce what they already see in real life. But that was the thing for me that hit home. It is real life. Yeah. This is America. Yeah. And to me, that ending was more of how America deals with race. Um, as racism is, is in its, its own demon. In order to make any kind of a difference, someone... Who's good normally has to suffer a sacrifice. That's how that shit happens. Mm -hmm. To me, that actually is more reminiscent to real life than what they gave you. Oh, of course. Of course. What they gave us is the movie ending. Right. It's like what you would see in a movie. Like that would never happen in real life. So it was really just a, a battle between should I give the movie ending or should I give the realistic ending? Because nothing in this movie has been realistic, but the undertones of what this movie is about is... Um, I'm kind of neutral on it. I, I like the way that it ended, but I think that everyone who knows anything about what's been going down when it comes to police brutality, I think everyone expected that alternate ending. And that's the problem. Like, I would have been more than okay with the alternate ending, and I also get why he sacrificed what he did so this doesn't happen to anybody else. All of it makes sense to me. At the end of the day, people want to see the good guy win. When they watch a movie, I'm saying in general, they want to see the good guy win. They want to see him uh, be vindicated. And that's what people got from this movie. Um, I just hope that people of other races, because everyone loved this movie. It didn't matter what race you were. Now, why they loved it, that's an interesting topic to me. What was why the, do what you, was, as a white person, like this movie? Whereas, why what, do you, as a black person, like this movie? Well, what was your general consensus on that as to why people liked it? As why people liked it? Yeah. Um, I think they thought it was a creative view on racism. A, a certain type of racism. Um, but that's the thing. It's like you have to have a certain, you have to have to have a certain amount of knowledge and awareness to pick up on everything that was in that movie. So I would agree with you on that because uh, even when I talked to my coworkers about this, it just kind of turned into well, I didn't see that. I didn't get that. They didn't see certain parts of the movie, right? And you were all watching weird. the same movie, but people got certain things from it. Because people get things from certain things that affect them. And if you are a white person watching Get Out, I don't know how much of that is actually affecting your day-to-day -day life. 
but you may have found some sort of um i guess i don't know new knowledge from it or or, or different viewpoint or standpoint on how racism is in america and may have enjoyed watching this different viewpoint but um I don't know. I think that it, it will depend on who you are, what so, you get from that so, movie. So hold on. Let me let me just put, add one more thing to this and we can move off to get out topic. I will say this much, though. It, it, as it being one of the highest grossing movies of the year that was kind of like its own independent film and with one of the lower budgets, it does say volumes to how good not only the writing was, but how much it made people think and how it basically used... Uh, racism as its own demon throughout the entire movie mm-hmm. and how to address it. Um, I appreciated that. That's a rarity in the movie and it's a rarity for it to be done as smart as, smart as it was. So I appreciate it. I applaud it. I'm not in any way shading any of it. Uh, I just believe that to keep it real, you may as well just have left the ending the way that it was. Mm. That's all. I don't. You know what's funny is like I'm I'm a big person on endings. Like I will judge a whole movie based off of how it ends. The whole movie could be good, and if the ending sucks, I'll just hate the whole movie. What? Yeah, yeah. It, it can it can make or break a movie for me. No, honestly. you wouldn't just give it a B if it if it was. I would a good just be like, throughout. you know, everything was good until the end, and that kind of jacked it up for me. Um, I can't tell you if the original ending would have jacked it up for me or not because I actually expected it to happen. I probably would have just been like, okay, well, yeah, that I w- I still would have liked the movie. I think. Um, right. I would have because it was very creative and there were so many just things that you had to like really look at. Like I have to watch that movie again. I've seen it twice. I have to. Um, but there's so many things that you could miss. The thing about it is anyone who watches this movie, no matter what race you are, what do you walk away taking from this movie? Do you take some sort of entertainment Ooh. or what do you walk away taking from it? Because still to this day... Mm. I could talk to any one of my black friends and we could be like, oh, yeah, he was in that sunken place. And we'll refer back to the movie because we can apply it to real life situations right now. Whereas I don't know if another race could watch the movie and and apply the same things. I think they're taking it as this is two hours of entertainment and enlightenment. Oh, I didn't think about that. Oh, that's interesting. And wow, it's crazy how he put that together. Oh, the symbolism behind that. Didn't catch that till I read that BuzzFeed article. Like, I don't know what other people are taking from it. And who's to say that these this, test this, audiences weren't taking actually, the same thing as I would, you know? So this actually blends to another conversation. Maybe we can actually come back to this another time. Um, it is... They did like this... They, there's this YouTube series that always... Uh, compares people's viewpoints basically and in this specific one it was showing people of all different ethnicities and backgrounds Jay-Z's video for uh, no the the specifically uh, the story of OJ okay and a lot of the people that were responding to it were white people who were uncomfortable with him using the n-word uncomfortable with the language that he used as a whole they thought it was anti-semitic whereas (laughs) the black people did not view it the same way and so it, you, you're That's right. That's what I'm saying. It's like everyone loved Get Out, but I think everyone loved it for different reasons depending on who you were. So uh, maybe maybe a person who's not black would have been comfortable with that that alternate ending that was the initial ending. Facts. They would not be comfortable with that because now you're seeing an innocent person being taken to jail 
for reacting um, off of something that had that that he had doesn't nothing to that do happen with. every day in real life. exactly and that's why they would have been uncomfortable and that's probably why when they did these little test audiences they realized this ending is not working for our audience so all right let's transition into the highlight of yesterday which is as avia likes to call it a low light. A low oh, light. I thought you were saying the fuckery. <laughs> so, a group of white nationalists. Please. And I don't know why we're calling them. Please, Wait, don't can even. Can we just call them? Don't. Terrorists, what they are. Can we just call them terrorists? Can we? This is America. I can say whatever I want. They're terrorists. What do you think that's a little strong, though? Yes. Anything that results in someone getting killed is a terrorist. I'm sorry. And how did, how did they think that nothing was going to happen from that? I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not calling anyone a nationalist. I'm not calling a KKK member a nationalist because you don't stand for anything that I stand for in this nation. Ooh. So a, you're a terrorist. So these white terrorists, go ahead. So, Sorry, I'm a little heated. But they, right okay, now. I, didn't I wanna, knew this conversation I, was going to give me. I didn't want to do. I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to introduce them as Nazis because a lot of people are like. Well, you can't just blanket and call oh, all people Nazis. Okay. So some people were uh, torch holding men. With jobs and families, and others were terrorists, and others were KKA. I mean, like, what? What, what do you want us to call them, everyone? I, I these get torch you. You're, holy okay, men, technically, you're, these torched trolls, these white torched <laughs> trolls. What do you want to call them? I just don't, like. Let's call them gods because obviously everyone has is so sensitive with what we call them, but they're not being sensitive to what they've done. It's crazy to me. That's a bit. Look at you. Everyone's focused on Coming that. in strong. Focus on the right thing. Coming in strong. <laughs> okay, I'm go ahead, Lawrence. I need to cool off. All right. So this past weekend, as everyone is aware, there was a protest that was being held by these white nationalists. And I don't don't correct me. I get it. Yeah, I get it. The, the I'm, I'm, I'm just torch going trials. based yeah. off of how this is. I feel you. All right. And this took place, of course, in uh, Charlottesville, uh, Virginia. Uh, shout out to Talisha. She's from Virginia. She knows who you is. Shout out to the bumblefuck of Virginia. Yeah. All right. Trust. All right. So, what ends up happening is a fight between the nationalists, the white nationalists, that is, and the counter protesters. Is there such thing as a black nationalist? Just checking. Yeah. Do you not know who Dr. Umar is that we did a whole segment on? Oh, uh, the doctor. Sorry. Oh, there we go again. There we go. That's a pepper. My bad. Okay, oh, go ahead. You, you, <laughs> you can't. How you can't wait to shave that man? Avi <laughs> don't like extremists on either side. Clearly, she's like, Mm-mm, you can't be that. I don't extreme. like extremists, but I don't like people who are neutral, like the NFL. You gotta come on. There has to be a happy medium. Oh, <laughs> the nuance, Avi today for hey, real. Someone said I wasn't. <laughs> trying to change it up switch it up on these hoes i mean law go ahead go ahead go ahead ahead. when we stop being nuanced that's your job (laughs) that's you that's all you brother thank you Stu. all right all right i can't even get through this so we we kind of wanted to just have kind of a free-for-all about this because of all the things that took place so the the first thing that I wanted to kind of talk about, and you can go wherever you want with this after <laughs> I this, probably um, will. 
someone died over this. Someone died. There's video showing you exactly what happened. Um, the guy that actually did it, some people are saying it was premeditated, which then makes it even worse to me. I I am never going to be okay with 19 plus people being injured and one such person being killed by the actions of somebody who knew what he was doing. I think that's really sad. And what the hell was the what what exactly were the cops doing? So that's that's two parts for me. The first part is understanding why this guy isn't being labeled a thug, terrorist, and everything in between. A killer, a murderer. Right. Because you know the narrative would have been if this person was a person of color. Oh, but what's shocking to me is the person that he killed was actually a white woman, a paralegal. And and the you know, I, I feel so bad. I feel so You feel bad for who? Her. Oh. Her. Woo. Not for I feel bad for her because she was there to counter these Nazis. <laughs> yes. She was there to yes. counter these Nazis. So in a way, she was standing up for me. That's the way that I look at it. You were, you were standing up for me and anyone else. And, and you died because of that. And I, I feel so bad about that. What? You have brought up to my attention. What was the last thing that she she tweeted or put on Facebook? What was that? What did she say? Do you remember? Um, she said, if you're not outraged, then you're not aware or paying attention. Like, the, the last thing that she wrote on Facebook before she died, and I don't know if it was the day of or any other time before that, she wrote, if you're not outraged by basically what was going on in the world, in the country, then then you're not aware or something to that extent. Basically, stay woke. Stay Woke. And that's why I feel bad that she, like, wow. Wow. You were doing something for me. That's the way that I look at it. Because, I I mean, even if I was in Charlottesville, who's, who's to say my black behind would have been down there protesting? I don't know if I would have done that. I really don't know if I would have done that. I think to myself, I would probably be like, eh, I want to live today. Because I don't know what's going to pop off today. There's going to be KKK there. Um, this is not the right right environment for me to be in right now and that's just based off of my life alone and it, it just makes me think about the 50s and like martin luther king days where they risked their lives to protest and that's what this girl was doing she risked her life to protest against these terrorists and that's what i will call them and i don't care what anyone has to say can, about can it. i ask you a question do what do you because this is something that i take from history and it's i, I follow a lot of people in history and it was a quote, and it basically said, the only thing that's worse than a pretty much an open racist is a liberal that doesn't speak up. Is pretty much a modern liberal that doesn't speak up. So if there is a white person who is in a space of privilege that is acting as if this stuff it just doesn't exist or it's not that big a deal, that's actually worse than that overt racist. What do you think? You said, you said, I'm sorry, I'm a little confused. You said the per, the white person of privilege mm-hmm. who doesn't... That liberal. Say say a mo, there's a moderate liberal right. who he's like, oh, I, I, like, I believe everybody has equal rights and all oh. that stuff, but then doesn't speak up mm-hmm. when these kind of things take place. It's worse than the actual person who's yes. causing the racism? Yes. It's a cause and effect. Like, 
if that person wasn't there causing the racism, this other person would be would not be put in the stance of having to speak up. Racism is always going to be worse in my mind. I think it's, it, it is it does say something about you if you have the opportunity and you have the platform to do something that you don't. Yes, that is bad. Is it worse than racism? No. Okay. All right. If racism never existed, what do you have to worry about what's worse? Racism is, is always going to be worse. Because even if that person of, of power or privilege did something, racism will always remain, no matter what. So, yes, they are doing something to, to help right. and to, to make people aware, but racism is always going to be worse because it is taught. And it, it becomes a generational thing. And can, I, can, can, I, can, I, can I just interject one, one time in this, though? Yeah. I do think there is something to the fact that if, if you see something and you don't actually speak out against it and you act as if it's... Because I'm the same person. I, as much as you we... You brush it under the rug. Like, as oh, much that's as, not my problem. Right. As yeah. much as me and you joke about certain things, I am actually as much a feminist... As you could possibly be. Like, I actually believe in women's equal rights on everything. Mm -hmm. Genuine. But do you go to, like, the women's marches? And that's, and the, and that's the thing. I'm not about to do all that. I'm mm -hmm. not. But in any space that I'm in, whether it be work or just socially and society in any way, that I myself can impact right away. Like, something that I know that I have some form of control, I'm going to speak out against something where I feel like a woman is being oppressed or not being heard, mm -hmm. etc. I don't like the fact that there is men that I've worked with in the past that have filed said, well, women don't deserve. Well, who the fuck are you to say that? Or to say, oh, that's not my issue. Oh, that's not your issue. Really? It's not your so issue, you but when you your wife comes home with a paycheck that doesn't match what it should, and you guys may be struggling because you lost your job, doesn't it become your issue then? That's why this shit is crazy <laughs> to me. No, I'm serious. That's why yeah. this shit is crazy to me. Yeah. So, when it's put in the context of what happens here, I am blown away when I've been around either coworkers or et cetera that will just be like, oh, you know, things like this happen, but it's small. No, this shit is... Wait, they say what? Things like this I happen? I'll give you an example. Oh, Last God. year, I was at another job. I was at another company. And this is no shade to anybody that I worked with. But it was just uh, when the shootings happened... In Dallas, Texas. Oh, okay. And I'm like, which one? The other shooting happened. They happened like d days apart, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wasn't that Philando Castile? And, and the cop was that right after or something? Yeah. 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 Oh, nobody called when Philando Castile got shot. Right. It was only when the cop got shot, it became like this whole big. Yes. And I'm not. Don't get it twisted. Cops lives I don't believe it. We're not right. I'm not. I'm not saying <laughs> that you should be killed. That that shit is fucked up too. It is. However, how is it only an issue when that happens, but crickets when the black person gets shot? Because they're so immune to it at this point. That really pisses me off. That's the problem. That I think people are immune to black people getting killed because it's happened so often and it's become so televised and so recorded and nothing's been done. For it that people are just like oh well you know stuff like this happens the the thing that kind of gets me is the whole i think i think the motivation behind this particular um terrorist march whatever you want to call it this weekend was because the the statue of robert e lee is going to be taken down and 
to these terrorists. I mean, that is like their messiah, I guess. They are for, so for a bunch of racist ass reasons. They are so affected by this statue that they probably gave less than two shits about driving past every day to work. But now all of a sudden it's going to be taken down and they run a run amuck about it. Wow. And it, for anyone who doesn't know who Robert E. Lee is, he was a general who um, was part of the Civil War, who owned slaves and was for slavery and was saying that it should be a part of, of life. Slavery should be a part of life. So I, I think the, the other thing I wanted to bring on this is our president, and I know you're going to say hashtag not my president. However, our president, he uh, stood out against the hatred and he made a statement. Is that what we're saying? Is that what we're doing? He today? made a statement. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> Our president made Wait. a statement. <laughs> well he condemned. He condemned. Oh, he said the egregious he, did what he, was supposed to do. he said the egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence on many sides, on many sides, is wrong. And how it's been happening for years. That half ass statement he said What's funny to me is that Trump has no problem tweeting till the wee hours of the morning. He'll tweet confefe or whatever the fuck that word is. Confefe? He'll treat. He'll tweet. Treat. He'll tweet anything at all times of the day. A war could be going on. There could be a nuclear bomb, and he will still be tweeting. Yet he was so silent up until like up the whole the- weekend. All of a sudden, he was busy in meetings. So busy in meetings. Ugh. There were huge, be- huge, huge, huge meetings that he was busy in, and he had no time to tweet. The best His meetings ever. Yeah, the best meetings ever. <laughs> His statement was half-assed. He was reading from the teleprompter and couldn't even say the words. It's almost like he didn't even like practice it, and. How how could we even? It's like he did it because he had to. Like I'm just here I, so I don't get fined. I don't like. That's what he was doing. I, so I don't like the <laughs> fact that he won't call those people what they are. He won't call them terrorists. He won't call them Nazis. He won't call them um, extremists. He won't say any of those things. And I think that's really sad because he's the same person that all through all his campaign trail, he basically was the same person who routinely mocked and attacked Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. Uh, for failing to call out Islamic ra- radicalism, um, because they just would never say that. They would never use those terms. He's that same person. Yet in Charlottesville, evil has a name, and it is white supremacy. And he won't call out exactly what that stuff is. And I think that bothers me. Of course, he's not. I would never expect him to. Never in a million years. Why would he call out white supremacy against the very people that voted for him? That's a conflict of interest. Like, why would he even point that out? Why would he even label them as such? Those are the same people who are at his rallies punching people in the face Facts. just for walking by being black or, or Latino Facts. or whatever they were or wearing a, a Hillary t-shirt. So he's not going to call out shit. He was just doing that so he wouldn't get fined. Like, <laughs> and so my thing is... Stop using the Marshall. I'm sorry, but it's just like... <laughs> The thing that gets me is the fact that he said there was a display of hatred and bigotry and violence on many sides. So this is Trump saying it's not the white supremacist's fault. It's on both sides. 
it's there's been violence from black people there's been violence from white people there's been hate and violence in this country for many many years on many sides but if we look at history when there has been black violence against anyone who wasn't black it was in reaction or defense to how we were being treated in this country how many times besides the sniper <laughs> how many times do you hear about black people shooting up schools shooting up churches blowing up clubs how many times i have i have 10 fingers i can't even count any one of them I, i'm not i'm not here to compare violence that way i'm not gonna but do this is, i get, but I get this, the point but we that have to compare violence because trump I, doesn't think a terrorist is someone who could be of his skin color in his mind a terrorist is someone who is the opposite of him so he will never ever call a caucasian person who is doing terrorist things in our own country on our own soil a terrorist and that's the real problem i think i think where you're going with that though is in the right direction because based on the statistical data that uh, that people were bringing up yesterday it was basically saying like of the 85 deadly u.s terror attacks since like 9 11 you know, the far right wing extremists like those white guys were responsible for 62 of the 85, whereas Islamic extremists were responsible for 23. Mm -hmm. I think that says volumes. And at the point that you don't want to address that, that's crazy. However, there are statistics that go the other way, too. It's kind of like the total fatalities at the hands of far right wing extremists over the past 15 years was probably like 106, whereas it's only it was only like it was a little bit above that at 119 for Islamic extremists. So there's been more death over the past 15 years for them. All I can say is if he can't see it. If he doesn't want to address it, then what are you hiding? Like, what are, what are you, why are you hiding behind this? It, it says volumes about his character. I don't even think opinion. he's hiding behind it. I think he's being very blatant about where he stands on this. And anything that he says about how we need to get rid of it is because he has to, because it's his job. Now, will he actually do something about it? I don't think so. Here, Here's why. Here's something that I read yesterday that I think this actually, this 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 actually messed with me more than anything regarding Trump's response to the violence that's happening in Charlottesville. There was there's a neo-Nazi publication called the Daily Stormer. Mm. And after Trump's response, they said Trump's comments were good. He didn't attack us. He just said the nation should come together. Nothing specific against us. He said that we need to study why people are so angry and implied that there was hate on both sides. So he implied that we have haters and that there are haters the other way as well. There was virtually no counter signaling of us at all. He said he loves us all. Also refused to answer a question about white nationalists supporting him. Of no condemn <laughs> <laughs> So convenient. How convenient to not answer that question. No condemnation at all. When asked to condemn, he just walked out of the room. Really, really good. God bless him. Oh, that sounds like Trump wrote that himself. Really, really good. But this is directly from the Daily Stormer, which is the head neo-Nazi uh, publication. That saddened me. Because that said, no, because that really does put it in perspective. It His followers think like him. That, that sounds like that was written by Trump himself. 
really, really good. I wouldn't be surprised if he wrote that himself. He had time, he had time to to do to write that post, but not to address the situation. That's what I believe probably happened. <laughs> I think it's really interesting that the mayor of Charlottesville actually addressed the fact that him saying we don't have room for you here and we don't have room for you in America. He's saying we don't tolerate white supremacy. Trump didn't even address that. It's funny because Trump, it, it, his whole speech was just the opposite of what he's been saying his whole campaign. His whole campaign was about Muslim ban and, and kicking people out the country. And now he's like, oh, we all need to love each other. And he really thinks that we all believe him. We don't believe you. You, you need, need more, more people. people. Right. <laughs> um, I, I think what's interesting also, there's so many things I could touch on from this past weekend. I can't believe so much has happened in one day or a couple of days. But for anyone who doesn't think that the guy who ran the car into 19 people and killed one and injured 18 others. For anyone who doesn't think that that's a terrorist act, but you think that the car that ran into all those people on the London Bridge is, think about that. Think about that. Just because it happens in a different country doesn't mean that it's any worse than what's happening here. Um, another thing that I think was interesting was that video that we saw. Which one? The tiki torture people oh. running up against the cops. Oh, man. I'm glad you brought that like, up. Like, there is this video out there. If you guys have not seen this video, go to Lance Gross's Instagram page and he posted it. And I don't know where else it's being shown. There is a video from this weekend of these tiki torture terrorists <laughs> running up on these cops in their shields. Like, literally, so close they could spit in their face. And there's also they're pushing, th them. they're pushing him, and there's there's uh, one of the lead activists in the back of them pushing these guys towards pushing the, cops. the cops. And the car, the cops are doing their regular barricade situation where they have their shields up in a group in a row, and they're just they're they're trying to they're trying to show force, and these guys are pushing against their force. Now, one of the things that was even stated in the video is if this was reversed and this was Black Lives Matter, this is Matter, a Caucasian person uh, taping this right. video. If there was Black Lives Matter activists on the other side of that pushing towards the cops pushing to try to show force in reverse how would that go how would that play in the mainstream media how would that go against those cops like how would that all play out you know that it wouldn't have ended well for anybody he literally said they would have been tased by now he literally said if anyone doesn't know what white privilege is this is it Ooh, because a black geez. person doing this would not even be alive at this point pretty much um I, you know, I, it just, it really just saddens me. I mean, like when you get to a point where cops treat civilians differently based off of who they are. I mean, they were, as, they, they were as so close to each other. They might as well have been playing spades, honestly. They might as been, like, <laughs> like they looked like they were just giving each other a group hug at this point. A very violent group hug. But it, 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 it's just crazy to me that this is okay. Like, this is okay in America. And and what's funny to me is that a lot of people that like to put, you know, shove things under the rug and everything like that, they want to say, don't make everything a race thing. Or, you know, like, black people can't get over slavery. You have tiki torturers marching for being against the fact that people think that black lives matter 
And this is not to say that any other life doesn't matter, but mainly I think they were marching because the statue of this man who had slaves, who promoted slavery, was being taken down. So at the end of the day, who can't get past slavery? Is it us black people oh, who barely shit. ever bring it up? Oh. I never really bring up slavery, I mean, unless someone else does. Or is it these people who obviously want to be stuck in it? They are obviously the Confederate we speak of. And that's why it's like, we don't need the show to show us this alternate reality. We are living it. This is it. This is 2017 right here. And that's also why I feel like we don't need the reparation show. Because we ain't getting none. So <laughs> the last thing I want to say about any of this before we go is uh, I feel bad for Home Depot. I feel bad for Home Depot because the amount of Why slander Home money? Depot got after this, it wasn't Home Depot's fault. And can you imagine those people who went to the Target. home? Can you imagine those people who went to the Home Depot in Charlottesville? Can you imagine they were just trying to have like a regular degular barbecue? They went to go get a tiki torch and then found out the tiki torches were all gone. They didn't know what they was getting themselves into. I can't even look at a tiki torch the same way. Ever. I can't even go to a luau at this point. Ever. It would be a wrap. It Ever. would be a wrap. I think that, um, you know, everyone wants, wants to talk about how things are sketchy. You know, when they're the minority, they find themselves in a sketchy neighborhood or mm-hmm. among sketchy people because wow. they are the minority and they don't feel comfortable. And to all our white listeners, if you use the term sketchy to define don't. our neighborhood, don't you're basically ever. saying there's minorities that live there. Don't try to tell me otherwise. And please don't use the word sketchy around black people if you use it because we know what it means. Ooh, we so understand you, your if, code. <laughs> we understand if, your code. If you think that if you say sketchy, it's going to be a safe word and we're going to be like, oh, yes, I know what neighborhood you speak of. No. We're going to look at you like you wanted to say black or you wanted to say ghetto or you wanted to say you were uncomfortable or you were scared or, or felt a certain way, but you don't want to offend us. And we Facts. know exactly what that is. But my thing is... Look at these people that are walking around with tiki torches that have everyday jobs that probably work with black people, you know? Anytime that you feel like you're uncomfortable because you're a minority, think about us because that's our life every single day. Ooh, and on that note, that is the end of the show. I hope y'all enjoyed this. The music is kicking in. Uh, This was a stress relief. I'm glad to get all this off my my chest. Come come find us on uh, Instagram. Find us on Twitter. Find us on SoundCloud. Find us on iTunes. All at Goodnight Harlem. And just like that, we out. Good night, Harlem. Good night.